Welcome to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. My name is Father Stan Chu Ilo. I'm your host today. And my co-host today is... Sister Jane Joanne Kemathi, and I come from Kenya. And it's such a pleasure to welcome you, Sister Jane, as a co-host. And... Um, We'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Hello, our listeners. My name, as I said, is Sister Jane Kemathi. I'm a Kenyan by birth, and I belong to the Sisters for Christian Community. I'm a peace practitioner and conflict resolution. And I've worked in this field also entering to venturing the field of pastoral work because I've worked in this field with the communities, families, and those that are at the periphery within this aspect of bringing peace in the family and in the community and trying to listen to the experiences from a lot of experiences that I have got and the background of my theology. Yeah, thank you, sister. But uh, you have also worked with people who are dealing with trauma, trauma of... um... Uh, sexual abuse, domestic violence, people who have been displaced, people living in IDPs. Uh, what has that been for you, the experience of accompanying people in these very challenging existential situation? Thank you very much for the stand. And I would imagine you're provoking a little bit of emotional feeling when you're talking how I've worked with people. I worked a lot with the IDPs during a lot of conflict in Kenya. And that left me wounded because some of these victims were my family members and we ended up having a cousin chopped into pieces in a big saucepan brought to our family that we bury in pieces. So those are memories that brings me back to those sad memories. But of course, if I've accompanied people, I've walked through that. I've also worked with people that are sexually abused, women that have been raped and girls. And also worked, I did a research in Congo. And I was doing a psychology on war as a weapon of sexuality, women that have been abused. And also that I worked, journeyed with a lot of women during that research that we are raped because of war. And also in Sudan, I had an opportunity to work with women. This is Southern Sudan. And also I'm talking about countries that women have been violated and their bodies have been used as the grounds of war and grounds of bullets. I had a little bit of work also with women in Somalia, but in Somalia was more about peace building, bringing women to peace. But also they shared a lot about their sexual abuses and rapes. Currently, I'm also quite involved with a group called Gender Wing Network. I'm coordinating it. I am thinking of starting it, thinking because I'm raising awareness about modern slavery. And now I'm working with girls and young women that are domestically modern enslaved put in a house for sexual abuses. And this, some of them are through families. So Father Stan and my audience, this brings me back to memories that it's a journey that I have to work through and they are people of God and through the charism and my vocation as a religious woman to help them. Yeah, we thank God for giving you the courage to do the work that you do. We pray that God continues to heal you and grant you the grace you need because you literally you are descending to hell with our brothers and sisters especially women who have gone to hell so you are actually a sign of the resurrection because you bring hope where there is despair you bring redemption 
where there's contamination, destruction, and death, you literally bring people back to life. And you know, Sister Jane, that it is hard sometimes when you work or accompany people this way. Because some people say that in our continent, Africa, people don't like to talk about sex or talk about abuse or talk about uh, some of these painful things. They are often carried as hidden wounds. More so recently with the release of the document, the Declaration, Fiducia, Supplicants, some of our Western friends say, oh, well, the reason Africans are rejecting this uh, document is that they don't like to talk about sex or about sexuality and and all that. So do you think that people are right uh, in saying that the reason our bishops and the entire African Catholic community rejected this uh, declaration is because Africans don't want to be bothered with anything that has to do with sex. Thank you very much, uh, Father Stan. You know, in African context, talking about sex is a taboo. When I was growing up, we never said anything to do about Mm -hmm. sex. I remember my family, we used to, girls used to be talked to by the aunties. And the aunties, when they know that you are having a relationship, they say, be careful. That's the only word they would say. They will not even tell you, be careful not to cross another line. You might become pregnant. Nobody will tell you that, but be careful. And they keep watching that. Coming also to the religious life, we have the vow of chastity. Nobody who will touch that the vow of chastity talks about sex and talks about our sexuality especially. They say it's a vow of chastity, a vow of love, which is good. That's the baptism of the vow of chastity, love, which is love to embrace everybody. Now within the context of the African culture, as a taboo is also remember the bishops, we religious, and also the African people, they carry within themselves the culture. You cannot separate the religion and the culture. So still with that culture, of being a taboo, talking about sex, the bishops and the church, let me talk it in the church, the people talking the church, they know it's a taboo. And when these documents come to the African context, it will bring a lot, a lot of division, disunity. It's like breaking the culture. How can you own your culture, what the culture has been saying, and you are saying yes to it, and bringing it to the African soil, Also, our name as the Catholic faith, we have a beautiful name grounded in theology of sexuality being very holy, sexuality being something that is God-given. I would say this document wants to distort our understanding of what we have within our Catholic faith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you very much. And this fourth Sunday of ordinary times, St. Paul in the second reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, says that he wants us to be free of anxieties and that unmarried people should just be anxious about the Lord because married people, they get so anxious about family, about sex, about uh, worldly concerns, and I don't know, Sister Jane, you think (laughs) that because you are religious, you are less anxious about the matters of sex, matters of the world than your friends and uh, siblings who are married. Thank you very much. I've been a religious. I can say that St. Paul is speaking to me. I'm always anxious. First of all, I'm anxious about my sexuality because sexuality is part of me. 
I always teach young people, young sisters, postulant novices, the topic about sexuality. And I say to them, you are sitting on your sexuality. You are carrying your sexuality. The way you talk, the way you eat, it's, you walk, it's your sexuality. So within myself, I'm always about my sexuality. First of all, I'm always about my looks. The sexuality is totally me. How do I look? How do I present myself? That's part of my sexuality. And also, when I look at it, we are just being a religious woman. My hands are full. And I've said I've worked with women in the field that are sexually abused. Those are the people that I carry. They are my siblings, let me call them. They are my family. Whatever they are going through about the issues of sexuality, they make me anxious. And also, I get anxious because it's part of me. It's like uh, every day, how am I growing to understand that I'm a religious woman, not to marriage, not to children, but I embrace the humanity as my children. Mm -hmm. And for the married people, it's true, they could be anxious because uh, that's part of life. And uh, I think it's a, a way of life that how do they handle their sexuality with upcoming day to day of the young people that are watching a lot about sex on the television, reading it through the media. So that could lead them to anxiety. If St. Paul was speaking it today, he would speak it in a stronger way because of the reality. Yeah, thank you very much, Sister Jane. Brothers and sisters, you are listening to African Catholic Voices, a podcast service of the Pan-African Catholic Theology and Pastoral Network. And today, with my co-host, Sister Jane, we are talking about Catholicism and sex. And in this final part, we want to leave you with some helpful suggestions about how to talk about issues of sex in our families, in our religious communities, even among sisters and among priests. Because the question is, do we have the sexual maturity to guide the people of God as pastoral agents? Are we strong enough? Do we have the affectionate maturity that we are well-adjusted, well-integrated as priests and religious and pastoral agents? Or are we some form of disjointed, wounded, unbalanced, and immature agents? So we are not even able to integrate our own sexuality. How can we help others to achieve some measure of integration? You know, whenever I preach at uh, weddings, I always start with an apology saying to the couple, I am not married. So I do not pretend to be an expert on matters of uh, marriage, sex, and uh, issues around it. So I rely on my own experience growing up in a very beautiful family. From what I have read from experience encountering so many couples and so many people, but at the same time, there's something that has to be said about you cannot give what you do not have. However, what do we say? Because you did mention fiducia supplicants and some people say, well, Africans don't want to give the document a chance because they don't even talk about sex. So even mentioning it in a document is in itself <laughs> a shock to their system. But I don't think that the strong opposition from Africa, and we must commend our bishops and all our theologians, we are all in sync with this, that we cannot accept 
as Africans a declaration that contradicts everything that we hold dear. And we are not saying that people who self-identify as same-sex persons are not found in Africa. Sure, they are. Sure, there are there are people. And we are saying that we have our own way of accompanying them. And that way of accompanying them is not to recognize through legitimation, however you put it, most of the people who come as couples, say here in the United States or in Europe or in Latin America, to be blessed, have already been married in the civil law of their country. You get the point. So they're already living together. They've already married. So what they are looking for is legitimation or recognition or affirmation. And we don't want to make anything that looks analogous to that recognition. And so I don't think it's just simply, it's it's simple to say, well, Africans don't like to talk about sex. We do talk about Mm. it in the churches Mm. moving forward. However, we can improve on that. But the reason Mm. Africa is opposed to fiducia supplicants have been clearly articulated in the document that came from SECAM. And I think is a rejection that has such a universal and such a overwhelming assent by everyone in the continent. But what do you recommend? How do we accompany our people? You've been an expert in accompaniment. How do we accompany people? There are many people who are hurting because of their sexuality. Some are hurting because they are divorced. Some are hurting because their husbands have cheated on them. Their partners have cheated on them. Some are hurting even as priests and religious because they find themselves in certain situations, in relationships that uh, they think has led them away from God. How do we create spaces for healing for such people? Thank you very much, uh, Father Stan. And uh... I've been listening to you and I'm thinking about that uh, it is true in Africa. We cannot say that we, we don't have people that are claiming that uh, they have they are in that category of what the document is trying to say. I've come across and I've accompanied, like I've accompanied three young men and two women. And when I look at it, when they are coming, there are people that are very hurt because for me, they are young people. They don't understand their situation and they don't even understand who they are. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to look at it, I'm saying, are we, we go back to the first statement of what our Holy Father said. And that has been my statement. Who am I to judge? I don't know how I do. I always say that. Even when they come to me, they always come, sister, I'm coming to you. Do not judge me. And you feel some of them are rejected by the families. So for me, I do not encourage them. I find it very, very difficult in my counseling. I think that is the most, most difficult element that I have found. I didn't find an issue for a couple that want to separate, but this is the topic that has really found me really confused and how can I handle it? But looking at it, it is true. We have been talking about sex in the church for a long, long time. When you priests bless the marriages, you tell them, go get children. We are telling them, go have sex, have children. That's what you have been called. But you don't call it by spade, but you have been talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you have been, been, been talking about abortion. We have been trying to say the things that come with sex. It's not the actual sex. 
I always talk that sex is within like when you look an iceberg, sex is just the act of sex is a top of an iceberg. Down there, there is a lot. And a lot is all what we need to talk about. Leave this act jumping into bed. But the down floor is what we need to talk about. And that's mm -hmm. what now this document, even if it's saying not coming to Africa, being accepted, that's our work as religious men and women. How are we going to clear this air of saying this is a reality? Mm -hmm. And we talk about it, fireplace, dining as families, religious men and women. I make fun. I say to them, do you ever say during prayers, can we have a prayer about our sexuality? Have you ever heard somebody say, God, I pray for my sexuality. I've fallen in love with this man. Please, Lord, hear us. Nobody wants to say that. We suffer internally. So how are we coming one day to say during prayers, let us pray for our own sexuality because we are sexual beings, fully alive and fully human. Yes. That's our call. Thank you very much, Sister Jane. Uh, you are so wise. And I'm sure next week we'll continue this conversation. I want all of us to take away from this podcast uh, the following point that first, you are beautiful unto God. God made you beautiful. Do not let anyone make you feel less than who you are. At the heart of theological anthropology is Imago Dei. We are created in the image and likeness of God. And this, your whole being is holistic. Everything you are, all that you have, you have received from God. Secondly is that God created us for a purpose. Everything we have, our sexuality, has an end in view. So it's not for recreation. It is not simply individual autonomy that goes haywire. There is an intention. Everything is moving towards a direction. That's at the core of virtue ethics the virtue of character, of intentionality, is not simply consequentialism, what happens as a result of what you did, but rather why you do what you do and why did God put the desire in you? It has an intention. And the third point is we must, like Sister Jane is teaching us, we must open our wounds. You are as sick as your secrets. So, Talk to somebody about what is going on in you. If you're hurting as a result of uh, experiences that you had that is bad or that are bad, talk to someone. The church is a healer. Find a good priest, a good sister. Find a good friend to share your inner wounds and your inner joy. Sometimes we lock things so much inside us and we are as sick as these secrets. So if you're hurting, if you if you have suffered an abuse, or if you are struggling with your sexuality, if you are in a relationship that is not leading you to God, now you know. You can contact us. You can contact Sister Jane. Wherever you are in Africa or in the world, we can get you some help. And our conversation continues because we believe that the reason God created us is for us to enjoy abundant life. So sex is good if it is exercised within the context of marriage between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. That is what the Bible teaches. That is what the Catholic Church teaches. Now, if one involves himself or herself in this relationship, 
or relationships outside of marriage, then it is not leading you to the proper end. And God's grace is always needed so you can do cost correction. So we will be back next week talking about Catholicism and sex in Africa and how we all can walk into that fullness of life where we flourish, where we glorify God through our bodies. This is what we are called to do, always giving our whole life to God as a sacrifice of praise that is wholly and fully given as an oblation that rises up to heaven above. We ask you, Sister Jane, to lead us in the closing prayer and again, thanking God for the gift of your life, your wisdom, your spirituality, and your giant witness to the Lord. Let us pray. God, our Father, we thank you very much for the gift of our lives, the gift of our sexuality. Sexuality is the rose, the flower that we carry within each one of us. And as we move, let people admire that rose that glitters every moment. Let us not be afraid to come out to proclaim I'm a sexual being, fully human and fully alive, created with the image of God and beautiful. And nobody should disgrace our beauty and our sexuality. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And thank you, brothers and sisters, for being a part of this episode. Until we come your way next week with another fresh perspective on Catholicism and sex in Africa, we want to ask you to be strong in your faith, be faithful in your love, and be courageous in hope. Take care of your lives, take care of the lives of your brothers and sisters, and together, let's take care of Africa, let's take care of the church, let's take care of this beautiful planet, our common home. God bless you. Bye. Amen. Oh